Welcome to the Please Do Tell podcast, this special series of What's Your Why with your homegirl, Ronika. So, you know, we back at it again, and we have a special guest with us to tell her story today. So this is actually one of my childhood friends, Deshana. And so Deshana, before we even dive right into this conversation, which I feel like we're going to be giggling the whole time. Absolutely. I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am Deshana Robinson. I am a proud graduate of the class of 2003 for Benton Harbor High School. I am a proud mother of two, Faith Marie and Tiger Ali. And yes, his real name is Tiger. And I am the proud wife of Dontrell Robinson. In my professional life, I work as an assistance payment supervisor and a project coordinator for the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. I'm also the president of the board for Benton Harbor Area Schools. I am a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated and a trustee for the 6th Congressional District Democrats here in Michigan. Overall, just a leader trying to lead in whatever capacities are related to the skill set that I have. So that's probably the simplest way to define who I am, kind of my titles. Um, A friend, I am a sister of many Uh women who are not biologically my sister, but I'm just an overall person that wants to lead. I call myself a student of life, leader of people, I think would be the easy, the most simple way to define who I am. I love that. One more time. Student of life, Uh leader of people. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... I want to start this whole conversation with a segment that we call at the playground, Mm. you know, Mm. playground. Mm. So um, at the playground was kind of birthed because I spent three years of my elementary life with no recess. And that's when you make your friends and tell the best stories. So Deshana, we want to hear about a story from childhood that basically shaped you into the person that you are today. Or you, for you, it may be a number of stories, but let's hear it. So there are, I would say, two separate types of memories that have shaped my existence of who I am. The first is um, I was raised by my grandparents. They're both connected to my grandparents. Now, my mother was there. She was a single parent. Mm-hmm. She worked full-time, sometimes 72 hours a week. So she had a full-time and a part-time job. So that means primarily I was with my grandparents because she was working to provide for the family. And so they really stressed for us the importance of education. And so once I was old enough to understand, my grandfather shared with me stories about him being younger. Um, They both had to drop out of school in the eighth grade because they had to work in the fields in Hughes, Arkansas, to pick cotton on Mm. a sharecropper's plantation. And so they only went up to eighth grade education because that was the amount of education that they thought at that time you needed to be a sufficient adult in the Mm. South if you were in poverty. And so my grandfather would tell us stories about how they would be required to pick cotton in the fields, and there would be schools of kids on buses that would drive by, and they would be laughing at my grandparents or at my grandfather specifically, it was his story. And so he would share with us how when they would be picking cotton, they would have to lay amongst the fields and hide when the other kids went by on the buses because 
they would be embarrassed that they had to pick cotton. And so that was one of the, the one of the experiences that really stuck with him and was why he pushed us to pursue school and education. Um, they also share with me often about how they were qualified and sufficient to do certain tasks, but that lack of education that stemmed from the South prevented them from pursuing further elevation or my grandmother feeling as though her leadership abilities weren't respected in, in different entities because of the lack of that education. So that was something that rooted in me the, the importance of education and the connection that it has to poverty and people's inability to escape that. The other piece of it kind of directly correlates. My grandmother worked for Lakeland, which was known as Shoreham, kind of Lakeland at that time. Mm-hmm. And she worked at one of the senior centers. But she always had a, she was a CNA, but she always had a great relationship with the nurses because she had worked there since like the 60s. So she would train the nurses and then they would come in and become her boss. And so that was something that she would share with me how she's qualified because of the amount of years that she's been here to do this work and train the nurses as a CNA, but then they come back in with sufficient pay. And then she sold, um, Home interior, you remember home interior back in the day? Yes. And so she had great relationships with nurses and doctors. And so we would, after work, go to their homes and drop off the home interior. And that was when I realized that there was a different type of living in this same area and community directly across the bridge it would take us 10 or 15 minutes to get to someone else's home who was twice or three times the size of ours. And we would take these long journeys to get there. Mm. And I realized that the only difference between their home and our home was the fact that they were able to get the education that my grandmother couldn't. So, so I was able to really in those conversations with them and understanding their start and seeing her work amongst people that she was just as qualified with, and the respect that they gave her, I was able to see how limited one can be without lack of education. And so that is what stemmed not only the importance that I gave education, but my initial desire to become a teacher, which then, of course, connected to my love for youth and my desire to support youth and specifically those within our community. So that was a really long-winded at the playground story Uh -uh, that really kind (laughs) of shapes my existence and start of why I do what I do now. So what do you do now? Because we're just going to go right into what your why is. Yeah, so I, my goal is to lift and support disenfranchised populations. Educationally, economically, um, always, really. And so in order to do that educationally, of course, I am the president of the school board for Benton Harbor Area Schools. Those are familiar with us know that we are currently making efforts to turn our district around. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to say that we are in a positive um, plus uh, about three million and some change in our budget for the first time in what over sixteen years. So that was extremely exciting, and and being in a sufficient place in a budget gives us the ability now to make those different advancements that we need to make in other areas of the school district. And so I'm excited about that start. Um, economically, I understand the importance of individuals having basic skills, also having the importance of education as mentioned before, but job training and access to essential resources. So that's why I work for the Department of Health and Human Services as an assistance payment supervisor. 
I supervise benefit determinations for food assistance, Medicaid, uh, state emergency relief with bills, assistance for child care, assistance with uh, cash for low-income families. So I'm kind of right there in making sure that families have access to those basic essential skills that they need that often limits people from advancing forward. And then also the other piece of that, educationally, economically, and politically, I understand that we can provide all of the services that we want. We can provide quality education. We can provide sufficient economic advancement. But if the laws that govern the service provision are not written from a social work-related lens that seeks to empower disenfranchised people, then all of the efforts that I am making in these areas are not going to be sufficient for the needs of the community. And so in me working in various fields in domestic violence, working for Department of Health and Human Services, even working in education, I've worked at the Juvenile Center here for Berrien County. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for a shelter for kids in crisis. So I've worked in just about every field with people in need. The only one that I can't say that I've specifically specialized in would be elderly and mental health. However, in all of the other positions that I've worked, I'm servicing those populations regardless. And so in providing service provision, I realized, as stated, I'm limited because the laws determine the services that I'm able to provide. And so what I've realized at this point is that I need to get to the point where I am above the policies and I need to get to the point where I am either in a position where my voice is strong enough to directly impact the laws being written or I'm written, writing them myself. And so I re- sometimes when you're kind of going through life, you feel like, and we've all been there, I'm sure you did, you don't know what it is you're supposed to do. All the time. All the time. You have these skills, you have these talents, you have these abilities, these you have gifts. experiences, gifts, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you don't know what you're supposed to do with them. And it just took me time in evaluating everything that I've done and all of the skill set that I've gotten and the fact that I went to school to be a teacher, did not finish the education program, got a, <laughs> you know, we were both were there, yes. graduated with the English lit degree. I think you did history. history yeah. yeah, we slid on out of there as quick <laughs> as we could. <laughs> Get me out. ASAP. Yeah. And, you know, writing English and learning to communicate and working at DHS and providing services based on state policy and being able to analyze a policy to the point that I can tell you what policy, what page number, mm-hmm. look at the top of the page. You know, like, I loved policy. I realized you need to be writing the policies that, or in the laws that govern service provision that provide direct services to your community. And that is the greatest impact that I can make in order to ensure that little girls like me and girls like my grandmother or boys like my grandfather, even though times have changed significantly, are not limited by what they can become because of those different barriers that society has placed in front of them. So I am trying to not only make advancements for my next generation of family, just as my grandparents did for me, but also other generations of children in Benton Harbor or Berrien County or Michigan or beyond, whatever God determines my reach is meant to be, I want to be that example and that face that shows, hey, two generations ago, my grandparents were in a field picking cotton. Two generations. Two generations ago. And people don't realize that was not a hundred years ago. It was no. two generations. Yeah. 
And when I became secretary of the board, I had the honor of telling my grandfather, and this was one of the most special moments to me, I don't know where the children are, the descendants of the children that teased you are, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but your granddaughter mm -hmm. is the secretary of the Board of Education, and you made that possible. And so that was I, the moment that I took them the newspaper. It was one of the most life-changing experiences for me, but also for them. And it was important for me to do that for them so that they would know that they are no less great than those kids that laughed at them or any of the people that didn't give them an opportunity for leadership. You had those capabilities within yourself. You were only able to get an eighth grade education, but you made sure all of your children graduated high school. And then you invested in me to ensure that I went to the next level. So now it's my job to not only get a bachelor's degree and get a master's degree, but when my cousins look up, I don't know where I'm going to be, but yeah. they'll never have to doubt whether or not our family has the ability to accomplish whatever it is that they want to accomplish. And I hope that I can be that example for any other youth that sees me and hears that story. So that's, that's my why. Um, just living through the stories and experiences of my grandparents and understanding the, the, the struggle and the fight that they put into their lives and wanting to ensure that I can make that fight a little less challenging for future generations. So just think about what you said. It was from hearing those stories mm -hmm. from your grandparents that shaped you into this person mm -hmm. or to strive yes. to be the person that you are today. And just watching my, like even my mother, sometimes like I tend to start with my grandparents because they're the center. Mm -hmm. But even my mom, she graduated from high school, but she worked literally, and it sounds ridiculous, but she worked 72 hours a week. She I had remember. a 40-hour full-time and a 32-hour part-time. And so... One thing that would be surprising, now my grandparents, um, they lived in Highland Projects for about 20 to 24 years or so, but when they moved out of Highland, they moved to Benton Heights in a house that they paid for cash. So they were able to save up, like there was no mortgage, mm -hmm. there was no, we have to pay this, we have to wait. They stayed, as people say these days, 10 toes down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And Highland Projects and saved and, and grinded until they were in position to buy a home that did not put them in debt. My grandmother, although she lived in Highland Projects, she's never received benefit assistance from the state. And not to say that, that was, that's a bad thing because I'm here to provide that assistance, but they really worked hard to invest in their family. And so my mother learned from that and she worked hard. And so I was able to move with them from Highland to Benton Heights when I was four. And I gave our family a tour of mm -hmm. the new home. And I remember thinking, if my grandmother can move and buy her family home, there's nothing that I can't do. And then watching my mother grind the way she grind and buying her home, I think, at the age of 40. Now, I haven't bought mine yet, but it just that was something that showed me that those things were attainable. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, as you said, watching them, hearing those stories yeah. and kind of seeing the grind of both them and my mother is what motivated me. And, and I realized that it's not where you start, it's where you finish. But my mantra. where you finish is even more amazing and astonishing 
if you always acknowledge where you started. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people know it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And they want to focus on the finish without reminding people of where you started. And you can't forget where you started because the journey doesn't mean as much if you are not always true to that. And so that's why people will hear me reference Highland yeah. or you'll see <laughs> yeah. me in Highland. Like yeah. my child is in Highland right yeah. now. Like, so I don't think I'll ever be able to get to a place where I'm bougie and people always say, like, what motivates you? Like, what's your why? What motivates yeah. you to service your clients in the manner that you do? Because they're me. There's nothing different from my clients than me. My aunt is in Highland Projects. I have several cousins in Highland Projects. I could lose my job today. That's the reality. Like, even not separating myself from my family, I could lose my job today. There's only one or two paychecks preventing me from being in poverty. That's the reality. And so... I don't treat them any differently than myself because I'm not any different from my clients. And so I service my community the way in which I would want to be serviced in the way that I saw successful service provision provided to my mother when we did get it. So it's, it's just that I am, I am them. I am my community. And so there's no way that I can't love them as I love myself. I had to look over to see which camera was. Yeah. Just so I could do this. <laughs> No, yes, seriously. And it's and it's important to me that even now as I am, because you know me, I, I'm no different today than who I was <laughs> seven years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm the same person when you know me. Mm-hmm. And so it's so different now to be put in positions where I have a title and people treat you differently with the title or expect something different with from you because of your title. But mm-hmm. then when you get with me, you realize I'm this yeah. is all you get. I'm sorry. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is me. This is me. Yeah. And yes, I'm, you might think I'm regal and you might think I'm a great leader and you think I'm well-spoken. I'm all of those things. But guess what? When the camera's turned off after the board meeting's done, I'm in Highland projects with my family or I'm wherever <laughs> my husband is yeah. playing loud music, running, riding through the streets of Benton Harbor. Like yeah. I am still every bit. <laughs> Of everybody else. I'm so glad you said that because even with working with young people, they're like, you listen to that? Mm-hmm. Or one time I was listening to Trina and they were like, the kids were, what you know about Trina? I said, I knew Trina before you were born. Yeah, what Trina probably about? has gotten me in some trouble. Okay. Let's be honest. Yes. And then like when I worked at the juvenile center, so I'm an assistant supervisor there. So I'm resp- I'm specifically responsible for se- second shift <laughs> monitoring the t- detention center. Okay. Now, part of that story is I come in like this. Fabulous me. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, what is she supposed to do to help us? Yeah. The other supervisors, all male, all, you know, very masculine energy. And here yeah. comes me like, huh? So they didn't understand it. But I proved my worth that I was strong enough to be there. But the kids saw me as that same princess. And yes. so I could not completely open up and let them see who I was because I needed them to respect me exactly. as an assistant supervisor. But yeah. one day they was listening to something. I was like, who is that? Sola. And they was like, what you know about Zap Sola? And I'm right. like, like, you just don't know you who I am. No <laughs> I knew him before he was that Sola. I, right. Like. He's probably at my house right now, right. Sir, but I'm not going to tell you that because then you're going to figure out who my husband is. Yeah. And that probably would have you know, like knocked their, blew their socks off. <laughs> so um, that's always really interesting. And then another yeah. thing that I've noticed is that I try to keep relationships separate. So yeah. my people at work, 
may not know about the things that I do in the community. Um, the people that I have political relationships with may not know everything that I do at work. And so it's important to me to try to keep those relationships separate. Yeah. But one thing I'm noticing now is kind of like a spidey verse. Everything is starting to merge. Yeah. And I'm, and it's not even necessarily a bad thing, but I think it's because I've come out of just kind of being in the background and kind of in the force, the forefront of things. And so now everybody's like, Oh, I know her. Oh, you know her too. Oh, wow. You get the same you, thing. I'm like, you don't really know me, though. You just know of me. Yes, yeah. yeah. So that, that's been something that's been interesting for me, like kind of allowing my circle, my different circles to merge, um, opening myself up to people, because I'm not really a small type, talk type of person. Mm-hmm. I hate small talk. Ditto. Like, if it's meaningful <laughs> initial yeah. conversation to get to know you, I'm all about it. But if it's just we're just talking because we're in a space and it's quiet, like I have no time for awkward conversation so that's one part of leadership that has been a journey like Mm -hmm. I'm a super friendly person but if your conversation is pointless I don't have time for it like in the line at the grocery store yeah don't talk to me yeah I'm like I'm just trying to check out I don't even want to be be here right now I'm tired but my kids are hungry yeah just let me get my I don't want to talk to you (laughs) don't ask me how my day was I don't want to talk about the magazine on the shelf ma'am just swipe the groceries You don't have to feel obligated to converse with it's me. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not in the mood. Even at the nail shop, I don't want to talk. I don't either. I don't want to talk. My, and she understands that. Now I have just like a, a, a one. I go to Angie and she mm-hmm. knows. Like, girl, just do my toes. And yep. Let me just Yeah, get this here. is my quiet time because I'm on all the yeah. time. Yeah. So I've, yeah. I feel seen. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, it's, and it's, you know, I'm an introvert. That's probably something you know that. Yeah. But other people would find that very shocking. Like I am an introvert. I would prefer to be in my inner zone and in my space in silence. But I have skills and abilities that make me require to be extroverted. And I've always been able to steal that little bit of quiet time. But that no longer exists. There is no more being introverted. There is no more being able to come in a room and not speak. Because now people know I have things to say when I've always been able to hide what my input is. And that's another thing. Like, I'm not a person that speaks just to be heard. So you might be around me for three months in meetings and never hear me say anything because I'm filling out the room and I want to know who's in the room with me. Similar? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we did grow up together, yeah. but I'm just yeah. like, how do you know my life? Yeah. And it's interesting. People think you just don't know anything because you're not talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, but I'm really listening. I'm taking everything I'm listening. in. I'm soaking up my environment. I'm learning what you all know. I'm learning the players in the room. Yeah. I'm figuring out who yes. just wants to be heard. <laughs> players in the room. Yeah. Some yeah. of you just want to be heard. I'm figuring out who Chatty Kathy is. Mm-hmm. I know I don't want to work with you on yeah. a project. Who's going to start some mess? I'm not trying to partner with you. No, no not at yeah. all. I yeah. can't do the mess. I can't do the drama. Yeah. And that's one part of leadership that has been interesting. You know, people have allies. And when you have allies, you have enemies. And I don't do that. I don't do, I don't do enemies. Yeah. And I do people that I have strong relationships with. But I would be confident in saying I don't do allies. And that might be something that sounds weird. But the reason that I say that and I always stand on that is because often when you make allies with people, they assume that you're going to always be their ally on issues. And that's not the case. And so I don't want to have an allegiance to anybody if there's something that we're discussing that requires a vote or a certain stance. 
I might not be able to go with you. So while I support you as a person and you might be a friend and I might have strong respect for you, I can't create this allyship with you that's going to force me to be in allegiance with everything that you say. Yeah. And so I know that that's like probably sounds weird in the political world a little bit, but I just can't, I can't, I have to be true to who I am and what my heart tells me is right. And I don't want to be required to go with you because we're friends or allies. I don't think I've ever heard anyone be bold enough to say that. Yeah. And I will say, is this camera? Yeah. 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 I will be bold (laughs) enough to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have respect for a lot of people and that has been the one thing that has saved me in coming into leadership. I'm walking into pre-developed relationships. There's 10 years, 15, 20 years of history in Benton Harbor that I have nothing to do about. So I can't get on anyone's side and decide that I don't know this side. Because there's things that this side, or I don't like this side. There's something you over here might have did to this person 10 years ago that I know nothing about. That was very shady and scandalous. And now I'm with with them talking about you not realizing, or whoever. You know what I'm saying? Not realizing that the other party... Did something scandalous, I, or or the party that's supposed to be my ally rather did mm-hmm. something scandalous to you, and that's why you don't like them. You yeah. know, I don't know that history. I've been here, but I don't I don't know the inner workings, and so for that reason, I'm walking. I walk down the middle, and people say that that's dangerous to try to be neutral, but I don't believe it is. I don't. I am not neutral when it comes to policies and where I stand on issues. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to back down on that, but when yeah. it comes to people, the leaders that are running and and speaking for those issues. I can't be an ally to you, but I can be an ally to your cause. If that makes us, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Cause I might be your enemy's ally tomorrow. If the way that they're voting is the same way I'm voting. And I, and I can't have you take offense to that. And another thing that impacts it is that, um, like for example, now as a project coordinator, I work for water distributions in the city of Benton Harbor. You've been watching the news. You know that that's a very heightened, very, you know, sensitive topic. Yeah. I can't get on Facebook and say how I feel about (laughs) things Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I have to have the ability to service everybody impacted and connected to the water response. And if I get on here and say, girl, you're right. I believe that 100%. And this person over here doesn't, or you're speaking against them, and I'm supposed to be servicing them, that's going to impact my ability to help them service the community, if that makes sense. So I just mind my business and stay out of it and choose not to get involved with the drama. And when people call me to complain, I listen. I might laugh. I'll be honest. I'll get get tickled if it's funny, but (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I'll laugh. If it's funny, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'll laugh. When and I'll say I don't mean to I don't mean to laugh at them, but it's funny. It's the truth. If somebody says something funny, I'll laugh when they're if somebody's venting to me, I'll laugh. And then I'll say, I don't mean to laugh. I shouldn't be laughing. And then I'll let them continue to vent. But comedy is comedy. Now that doesn't mean I'm fake and that doesn't mean I don't like you. It just means what they said about you was funny and they have the same relationship with me and they trust me. Yeah. And that you know, and so I have to uphold that. It's so many things that ran through my mind in this last five minutes. I was just thinking like, okay, yeah, there's a good story there. There's a good story there. There's a good story there. Because it was even with the, when we, when we do speak about the water crisis and us 
both moving away for a while mm-hmm. and then coming back and then friends that are now in other places and they're calling you like, girl, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. And they're looking for like, okay, so what's your input? It's like, right. I you- see what's going on on Facebook and it's like, mm-hmm. girl, it's, we are taking it one day at a time. Right. So <laughs> politically correct. We're taking it one day so, at a time. So how many months <laughs> is this really going to take? Yeah. I am not qualified to answer that question. That is not what I do. However, Mm -hmm. this is what they're reporting. Like I have same way. I have to be very careful with the language used because one, I am paid to do a particular service. Mm -hmm. And so I cannot say anything that is going to make the service provision look bad. Mm -hmm. But two, I always tell people I do not give out misinformation. I am not an expert on that topic. I will tell you that in a heartbeat. That is not my expertise. Because the what I say, I mean. I'm very big on my image and my word and my reputation as a person and as a leader. And so I am not going to speak on something I have no insight or expertise on. So how long is this going to go? I don't know. Yeah. I can tell you the same thing that the media is saying and, and what the you know, what our leaders are estimating, but I'm not going to tell you as a definite yeah. when you saw it in the news, you know, yeah. you know better than I do, yeah. you know? And so that's one of the interesting aspects of leadership is that people, um, I think the mayor posted in th- the day before Thanksgiving around the holiday that he was the face you make when you're in the store and somebody asks you about the city. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like people don't realize like there is an off button. And if I'm yeah. in a grocery store, just it should be off. Yeah. I'm just trying to get a little baloney or something. Yeah. Like, I don't want to talk about that right now. I talk about that 24-6. Let the seventh day. God said, give us all a day to rest, right? A commissioner said the same thing. He said, yeah, I'm, st- I'm with my grandchild. And I'm being yeah. talked about. He said, okay. All right. I mean, I can't. It's a Saturday, mm-hmm. and I'm with my grandchild. And I. You don't want to be rude. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not an attempt to be rude. It's just that. <laughs> I think there's a misconception, and I don't mean to make it all about leadership, but I think there it's like a misconception that the moment that you step into a title, mm-hmm. you become made of steel, and you have to have thick skin, and you yeah. have to um, just accept that people are going to always have questions, which mm-hmm. is normal, but then also that people are going to have negative things to say about you as a leader and about your leadership. And it's like, okay, I know all of that comes. There's going to always be somebody that does not like me, but there should not be a switch that you push that all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> like I thought everybody liked me. And not no. that people don't like me, but it's like no. when you make a decision that somebody disagrees with, then it's like all hell breaks loose. Yeah. But, you know, that's just it's a part of leadership. It's a part of life. You know, and you do work, go through that at your employer in education setting. Um, leadership just magnifies it because you're in the public eye and responsible to the public, but it's no different than life. And mm-hmm. I, I found that I don't take it personal. And I, I've learned that I'm, I took on the oath to be responsible and accountable to answer questions and concerns for people. And I know that God feels as though that's my gift because I work in crisis-related or family emergency-related situations all my life and so I guess he's just deemed that this is what I'm good at the Deltas named me Serenity for a reason for a reason yeah so I've just come to accept that I'm meant to be the peace in the midst of the storm 
But the, the, the issue with that is how do I prevent my boat from rocking so much that I create storms in my personal life and trying to take on the magnitude of the leadership that I've taken on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's always a journey. I just think it's so commendable, even when you said that you were running. I was like, you're, fin- you're going to be a part of the school board? Like our school board? Okay, our all right, yeah. <laughs> you know, because, you know, us both knowing the history mm-hmm. and then it was, you know, they were in the red and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I am definitely going to take on this charge to try to bring us into the black. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to be a part of that journey of going into the black. Yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. me it was, you know, you've everybody watched the journey of the school potentially facing shutdown. Mm-hmm. I watched that journey, of course, as a spectator and as a community citizen. But when I watched the Board of Education continue to reject the request to shut the district down, with all due respect, I figured that's that's some big balls. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was yeah. with it, and I knew yeah. that if they are confident and strong enough, this leadership team, to say no and win. Yeah then we are ready for this fight. That's when I knew what we were ready. And so when I saw that there was, it's ironic because there was, I actually got appointed first. So there was, I was at um, the high school helping with Miss Ben Harbor practice. Sure was. Yeah. 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 And the former member resigned and I just happened to be there and overheard that she resigned as the meeting was dismissing. And so I just happened to, um, then see that there, checked the site, thought about it, checked the site, saw that there was opening, kind of marinated on a little bit, applied, because you mm-hmm. had to apply, went in for interview, just thinking, like, I'll shoot my shot, but you don't know who else is interviewing. Right. Um, and I remember seeing one of my uncles at Family Dollar and telling him, I'm so nervous. I interviewed for the board today. He was like, well, why are you nervous? You're good at interviews. I was like, but I don't want them. Like, I thought they were going to see me as a kid. Mm. Because a lot of the leadership that I've done, is it kind of surpasses my age. So I didn't know if they were going to see me as a baby trying to come onto the board. But at that time, I didn't realize that Bradley, who's two years younger than me, was already on the board. So he, But he Mm -hmm. wasn't there the day I got appointed. So when I went in and I interviewed... And I wowed him. And, like, before the interview was even done, I asked uh, President Taylor at the time. And I said, well, what are you looking for in a board member? He was like, you know, we're looking for someone like you. And I'm like, well, okay, there is somebody else interviewing. (laughs) (laughs) Are you so? You you might want to wait. And then I interviewed and, like, I went into a side room. They they, uh, deliberated for a little bit. And next thing I know, she was like, you got it. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? That fast? That fast. It was probably less than 10 minutes. Okay. Um, I came out, they told me I want, I had gotten it. They all had responses to say, um, I then asked, okay, to my understanding, there's a secretary position available. How does, how would it work to, you know, express interest? And they were like, oh, you're interested in this position. You know, I majored in English communication. They're like, we think you'd be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a motion on the floor (laughs) to nominate? Deshauna Robinson as the secretary yeah, went right into it. Somebody put the motion on the floor. Somebody supported it. They voted it. So I showed up to become a board member and left the secretary of the board. I think that probably was the quickest promotion in Ben Harbor Area <laughs> Schools history. I would have to guess it was because who else was promoted five or ten minutes after being on the board? Like it went quick. Yeah. 
I got keys. I got my oath signed. And the next thing I know, I'm on the board. And, like, the secretary has a signature that's required on almost everything. Yeah. So I go from being a a resident of Benton Harbor to the secretary of the board and being required to sign documents. And then I realize I have four board members with terms that are expiring. Yeah. Yeah. And so the conversation started being had about, there's new board members coming in and you guys have to be ready to be leaders. And I'm like, I've been here five months. Like, what are you talking about? I'm just, I just came here to be with you guys. Cause I thought you were pretty cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thought we were going to do this I together. We were gonna do, right. No? Like I thought, I thought you guys were the team yeah. that I was coming to support. Right. That's the irony of this. I yeah. was coming to support you guys. And the next thing you know, I'm in charge. Okay, God. Yeah. A little okay. Sense of humor. So, but you know what? I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful. And I and I told myself the other day, God allowed for you to be appointed and elevated and exalted so easily because the work he had in store for you was the magnitude of it. And that's why, like, I, I knew that God wanted me to be there. I knew that this journey was a journey led by him because for me to find out in the manner that I did about the opening and for it to, for me to be able to go into it so easily. And then when you noticed that I reran, it was because I got appointed the year of an election yeah. and Berrien County requires that the community then has the opportunity to reaffirm the board's decision. Okay. So then I had to rerun, which means there was a risk that the remaining two years of my term could be taken by someone else, but no one opposed yeah. me. Yeah. So yeah. then again, I was able to God slid <laughs> me right back on in there. Yeah. Let me see what you're going to do. Let me see what you can do this time. Just and on. I think, honestly, I think I laughed one day and I was like, you know what? I think God somewhere like, man, Ben Harbor got another problem. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna give the shot out of my back. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought yeah. the water response, I've been like, I wish the best for the community leaders. And, ooh, I got Ben Harbor area schools, but I don't have to figure this one out. Yeah. Yeah, no. No. Guy was like, yeah. oh, okay. When Ms., when my director, Ms. Valdez, was told she needed a project manager, it must have been God in her ear. Like, I got the perfect person for you. Because she called me like, um, <laughs> do you have any interest? I got appointed into that position. So that's so I know that some of the leadership positions that I had are God-led because I didn't even ask for that position. There was no, you know, it wasn't like I said, went to her and said, I really want to get involved. Or mm-hmm. nor did I know that we were taking on that role to service the community. But when they asked her for that person of support, she said she thought of me immediately. And so that that means a lot to me because I know that, the way that I provide service to the clients of our agency reflects yeah. positively for her to trust me to provide service to the community in this way. So um, I make jokes about the level of leadership and, and you know, how much it, it is to be a leader, but I'm thankful. And one day, like, not to be soft, I'm really more sensitive than what people think I am. But, like, I cried. And my husband was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I was so overwhelmed. And yeah. he was like, what do you mean? I was like, but not in a bad way. Like, I was overwhelmed with the amount that I had to do at that moment. But then I realized, you have this much to do because you're blessed. Mm. And I was overwhelmed with the amount of trust that God had placed on me. And Ooh. that was overwhelming. Yeah. You trust yeah. me so much that I not only have to guide this board in this district, 
I have to help with guiding and not that I'm in charge, but help with coordinating this this water distribution at the same time. And just, you think I'm worthy and capable. I had no idea. See, I just saw you posting about it, and I said, oh, okay, well, mm-hmm. she is just taking, a, taking yeah, on something. She's really um, on top yes. of this. No, they, they yeah, so I, nice. my official title is assistance payment supervisor. That's my title that I work, but... I'm also project coordinator. So it's kind of like, it's not a whole nother job, but it was, it's an entity of services that was created specifically to respond and then tagged on to my duty. So like when I send, send out my signature, it's both titles. Okay. I have two different business cards. Okay. Um, two different numbers so that I'm able to separate the two, but yeah, that's an actual position. So you need to know, I don't have any time to just be volunteering extra efforts. Um, and I would, you know, I would, yeah. but it, the, I'm specifically sharing and asking people to come because I'm responsible for making sure they're successful. I mean, well, you're here giving us your time and we're so grateful. Thank you. Okay. So, you know, we could talk forever, forever, uh-huh. but, and then of course we have something to do tomorrow, but on top of all that, yes. um, as we wrap up this conversation about what's your why, mm-hmm. I want you to think of... And the last interview, we laughed about it. I said, I want you to think of um, your final thoughts. And not like Jerry Springer's final thoughts, but your final thoughts. Like when someone is concluding this conversation, this episode, you want them to walk away with what? What are some final thoughts from you? And we ain't going to make it long, but, you know, because, again, you know, we will So go my final thoughts would be, be the future you want your children to live lead that life and walk that life and, and, and show them what you want them to become. Because when you give kids an example of what they can be, they know it's possible. And when kids don't see that example, they're not pursuing anything beyond what they think is feasible for themselves. Yeah. And so my, my lasting message, and this is not just to parents, but to leaders and to everyone, just be the future that you want your kids to have access to. Be that change, even though it's, it's a cliche to say, but mm-hmm. actually be the change. Walk the walk, be the future, and um, make sure that, as you say, you're why, that people mm-hmm. know you're why, that you're not disconnected from it, that it actually has purpose. And that those youth that are watching you understand the magnitude and importance of that purpose so that they can have that same passion in their leadership. And then lastly, reach back and get somebody else. Mm. Like, don't get to the point where you want to elevate and you've made it, but you're, you've made it and now you're just watching everybody else. Like, because there's no, there's no community leap that happens when you do that so if you do get to the point where you are able to be that example for people reach back and show them how you got there and don't charge them for it like I know people say the game is to be sold not it to be what is it's to be sold not told yes so not told yes and I I agree when you're an entrepreneur you should be selling the game but you should also be willing to show some people and reach back and give and I think that is one of the things that prevents Bitten Harbor from moving forward is that the leaders that make it or that succeed sometimes not all don't tend to do that reach back and so I would just wish that we could all kind of do that and I know that was a little bit longer than it's Some okay. small thoughts, but all right. that's it. Ah, 
So we have we are wrapping up this episode of What's Your Why with Deshana oh. for the Please Do Tell podcast with your homegirl Ronika. So we will see you next time. And again, thank you so much, Deshana, for being here. And we welcome. are looking forward to seeing everything that you're doing because as you said on an episode that we did on your platform was we done went from Barbies to business. Barbies and we to out business. here. We out here. And we're just getting started. Okay. That And that's what I say all the time. Like, sometimes <laughs> people look at what you accomplish and they're like, oh, my God, no, this is just the start. This is just the beginning. This was just to get you to pay attention. Yeah. So you, so you let me in the room to do what I'm actually here and ordained to do. Because so. we're not on fire yet. It's just a little No, sizzle. we just click the lighter. Just a little bit. <laughs> See y'all next time. <laughs>